East Durham College. Business Bites. In business, for business. Do you live in County Durham or its surrounding areas? Are you fed up with your existing role at work? Or do you have a business that you need to future-proof? If you don't know where to start to access training for you, your colleagues or your business, East Durham College can point you in the right direction. Find out about our services, our staff, programmes and expertise in this podcast series. Make sure you press follow now to not miss an episode. In business, for business. East Durham College. Business Bites. Durham College Business Bites In business, for business Hello and welcome to the next episode of East Durham College Business Bites podcast. My name's Sarah Jolly and I'm the Business Development Manager here at East Durham College and today I'm joined by Brett Sharkey from Sterling Pharma Solutions in Cramlington. Brett is their Learning and Development Business Partner. So Brett, lovely to have you here. Thank you. I hear this is your first podcast recorded. It certainly is. It feels quite good, actually. It's exciting. Pop that cherry. Um, (laughs) Do you want to tell us and our listeners a little bit about yourself? Yeah, my name is Brett. Um, My role at Sterling, um, I'm one of the learning and development business partners. And predominantly, I manage the apprenticeship program for the business. Other things that I do, competency management, um, organisation of training, and I support other global projects as well. I've got a background in analytical chemistry. So when I was 18, I went to university. And I dropped out four months later. Um, I went to a place in Leicester. I was going to do film and media studies, funnily enough. And I didn't know if there's any jobs in the north. So I came back. And I was always good at science, always loved science. And I got a job as a lab technician. Um, started sweeping the floors at a little place in Concert, County Durham. And then built myself up in there. Did a chemistry um, A-level part-time. Uh, did a part-time degree. And then left the sector to go into training because I quite liked passing on my knowledge. And then... I've returned from the train provider scene back into the sector because I missed the chemistry side. Oh. So I've kind of come back back into it. So that's oh. a bit on me and my role. You've gone a bit science full circle. I just love it. <laughs> Why wouldn't you? Everyone loves science, they just don't realise that they love it. Uh, and do you know what? Most people don't even realise how much they use science on a daily basis yeah. is what one of my old science teachers used to say to me. Yeah. Um, so interesting that you've mentioned, obviously, one of the big parts of your role is mm-hmm. around apprenticeships. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, we know from a, um, an apprenticeship provision here at East Durham College, we have a huge amount of um, apprenticeship programmes in our portfolio. Yeah. Um, with regards to your sector and I guess your experience, what would you say is the general appeal around apprenticeships? For me, it's a, a real equal to just traditional academic study. So like me, I tried academic study and it wasn't right for me. So an apprenticeship, it's, it's hands-on, but it's also got the academic side alongside it. Um, so if you're better at learning with your hands and doing things practically, um, it's a real opportunity for you. Um, you're earning from day one, which is the other benefit as well. And it could take someone from level two, which is GCSE level, right up to level seven, which is master's level. And within that, someone at 16 could start at one, do a level two, do a level three, and then do their level six, which is a degree level. And the degree wouldn't cost them anything. So now with the way that, you know, the economy is, um, degree level apprenticeships are coming more competitive. Mm. Would you say that I think, you know, and, and we are definitely experiencing the same thing here at Mediterranean College, just with the, the competition for each vacancy that we obviously work with our employers on. Um, do you think that it's because of the general awareness around the fact that these are absolutely aligned to career pathways a little bit more? Do you think that that's a, a, a plus point? 
Yeah, I think apprenticeships have changed a lot since the old um, youth training scheme that everyone remember from the 80s. So, yeah, there, there are currently now 650 different apprenticeships disciplines that you could enrol on, and they are aligned to a job. Um, so it's not just your traditional roles of, you know, bricklayer or plumber or anything like that. Um, I had a look this morning at some novel ones. You could be an ordnance expert, so blowing things up. You could be a sonographer, so scanning, you know, mum's tummy checking out for baby um you could be um, a sound technician as well so it's there's a whole range of stuff it's not your traditional um blue collar roles if you like and it's really opened up the sector yeah um just talking about that obviously from your point of view um being in the sector that you're in do you want us to tell us a little bit more about sterling and, and obviously that pharmaceutical solutions sector that you're in yeah so still a pharma solutions uh, based in Crampton, we are a site that started in 1969 um, we manufacture active pharmaceutical ingredients. So that's the part of the medicine that has an effect on the brain. It was one site until four or five years ago. We've now got two sites in the States, one in Wales and one in Ireland. So it's become a global organisation. What I like about it is it's, it, it's helping people through medicine. And a lot of people maybe don't realise the, the kinds of things or the kinds of science that's in stone. Um, that's what I enjoy about it. Mm-hmm. So I'm guessing you don't have one day the same as another. Uh, no, I wish I did. No, I don't. That's not true. It's, there's always variations in it. I mean, the business has grown that much. You know, we're looking at putting apprenticeships into the site in Wales, uh, an equivalent in Ireland, and then eventually um, the two sites in the States. They tend to favour interns, but they want an equivalent of, of apprenticeships. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, every every day is different. And obviously today I'm doing a podcast, which is really good. How amazing. So you did help us massively um, on a particular programme that we are offering. Uh, how would you say that your um, skill set helped you influence that programme? So it's the science manufacturing process operative you're mm-hmm. talking about, and that's mm-hmm. the, the level two. Mm-hmm. Um, and because of my background, in a, I worked in a small manufacturing site for 10 years. I was in the laboratory, but I used to work alongside operators. Um, and I also used to operate a, a water treatment plant on that site as well. So I, I feel like I get, I understand what it takes to, to operate a, a manufacturing area. Um, then having... Been in training. Uh, I'd spent time at an endpoint assessment organisation as well, and that company also facilitated the science manufacturing process up. So this the help that I've provided and and the engagement that we've done, it's helping us to bring all that experience together. And really, why do I do this? It's because when I started out at twenty, a lot of the opportunities that came my way were almost by chance. And what I like to try and do is give people the opportunities that I never had. Mm-hmm. And now the apprenticeship space is so different. There's, there's more access to those kinds of jobs and the career that I've had, um, I want others to have the same kind of journey, um, but to do it a lot faster. What took me 10 years could take <laughs> someone four with these new apprenticeship programmes. Mm-hmm. And obviously not, not that many people know about this particular programme because it is new. Yeah. Um, what would you give somebody if they've got a bit of a feel for this, even just by its title? Give them a bit of an essence of the, of the kind of job role that this would lead to. <laughs> So any, any process needs people that can work alongside that process and operate it. So you take raw materials at the beginning, you facilitate some sort of process in, in between, and then you have an output at the end. That could be a production line, that could be more batch-based manufacture, that could be something along the lines of Nissan, where you're manufacturing parts together. So it's quite a varied um, standard, apprenticeship standard. It's not just for the pharma sector, it can be applicable in lots of different environments. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, any anything that has a start and an end is ultimately a process. You follow the process because by doing so, you make the products right first time every time. If you're just winging it and you go, I'll tell you what, we'll just you know change this and change that. Before you know that medicine at the end, 
might not be the right specification. That could harm your customers, which harms your reputation, which harms your profitability. So you need to make sure that you're following a process every time. And this apprenticeship standard gives somebody an introduction into this sector. And from there, they could build themselves up into becoming um, a technician or a team leader. From there, you could become a process leader. You could become a plant manager. So really, it's it's a it's a step on a ladder that has quite a long sort of trajectory in front of it. Just people don't realise that. Yeah. And it's quite interesting, isn't it? Because in your particular sector, the amount of growth that is happening with that right now is huge. Yep. Not just from Sterling's point of view that you've alluded to. Obviously, you've you've seen massive exponential growth as a business yourself. Yeah. But actually across the sector, because there are a lot of you know, opportunities in the sector, certainly here in the northeast. Mm-hmm. What do you think is the most exciting part of that, doing what you do in your business? Well, I thought all the, 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 the huge growth of industry happened in the 90s. I didn't know that it was still going on. But to see the growth that Sterling's going through and others through, through the networks, I think it's an exciting time to get in at the ground floor because if in 10, 15 years' time the rate of changes keep happening, th- there's roles out there that, that won't even exist yet. But if you're in the right company at the right time, that opens doors for you later on. And that's mm-hmm. it. for me, that's, that's what's exciting about Sterling. That's what's exciting about the sector. That, that life science sector contributing to the health of the country, but also, you know, Sterling, we also export internationally, helping the world and their health. Like that, for me, that that's an important part of um, what I want in a role. Yeah, fantastic. You did mention in one of your last comments, actually, when we were talking about, obviously, um, EPA, mm-hmm. which is um, obviously one of the big major changes to the apprenticeship standards. Yeah. What do you think are the pluses and pitfalls of EPA at the moment? Endpoint, I realise that's a million dollar question. Endpoint assessment. Everyone's so scared of it. But they don't realise that there are lots of similar um, styles of assessment in every everyday life. So I often phrase endpoint assessment, it's a little bit like a driving test for, for an apprenticeship. So everyone's familiar with the driving test. You do a theory test, you do a hazard evaluation, it was called when I did it, <laughs> and then you do your practical test. An endpoint assessment tends to be very similar. There's typically a knowledge test, which is often multi-choice. You then do um, an observation to s- see you perform the job. And then typically there's an interview or a discussion afterwards. And that's a little bit like the interview for the job that you already have. So they're not there to trip you up. They're just there to validate that you've had the right training, that you're working safely and that you're following process. That is really what endpoint assessment's about. Mm -hmm. Do you think then when, obviously, we get our students into that gateway Mm -hmm. time and they are preparing for EPA, what's the best advice you could give any apprentice who's in that kind of period where they're pulling everything together? I mean, for me, the preparation starts before gateway. You really want to start day one and think about the end point. Um, if you know where you're going, it's easy to get there. But my advice would be, if you need to build a portfolio, build that early. Don't leave it till the last minute. Get familiar with the, the tests and, and how you'll be assessed at the end. Work with the likes of yourselves and your provider to get some mock tests, be that a mock observation. Get used to being watched on the job. Get used to being interviewed as well, and also complete any mock um, knowledge tests as well. You could also, if you're in a class with other apprentices, you can quiz each other to get used to that. But really, I think just have sight of where why you're trying to get there. It's just there to check that your knowledge, skills and behaviour are in the right place. And if you've been trained properly in the last three years and you've applied yourself and you've got the portfolio and you've got all the gateway evidence, you shouldn't really have anything to worry about. Mm-hmm. I think it's just it's such an unknown compared to what school's like, which is knowledge heavy comprehension this is assessing not just your knowledge but also your skills what you can do and also your behavior which is how you act um so for me it's it's just it's still so new i mean endpoint assessments have been around seven eight years but still not that many people have been through them yet but as more people complete them they'll understand that actually it's it's not a scary test 
Yeah. So just thinking about that personally, because you are doing some training yourself at the moment. I am. How are you feeling about that? I feel great. So yes, as I said, as I came in, I'm also an apprentice. So I'm doing a level five in um, a learning development business consultant. I think that's the, the Very title. Fancy. Sounds great, doesn't it? For me, I've, I've had to develop a portfolio. I, I equally have to have a learning journal. And I'll be assessed through an interview and a project um, and a discussion. But I've got the right support behind me in Sterling. I'm familiar with the space as well. But I take time every week to reflect on what I've done. And reflections, I think, hard, doesn't matter what age you are. But particularly young people have never been asked to reflect on themselves. But it's really, there's a three-step way of doing it. So you write what you've done that day or that week. And then you say, um, so what? What does that mean to me? How has that changed me? What have I learned by doing it? And then lastly, you ask, now what? And how will you put that new learning into practice? And if you can do that on a weekly basis, it'll make endpoint assessment really straightforward because you're already in that zone of knowing how good you're getting. And that's really something that um, anybody in an apprenticeship should be doing some form of reflection. Perfect. Um, So if somebody hasn't thought about, not just necessarily the apprenticeship route pathway, take that out of the equation, if anybody hasn't thought about exploring the opportunities for career pathways in your sector, what bit of advice would you give them? My advice, and I used to do this myself, is if if you live in an area and you see factories and you see industrial estates, go and drive around or or walk there, get a bus, write down a list of those places and then look them up online. And go on LinkedIn, follow that page, look for good news stories, check if they've got a website, have they got a blog page, and try and build up a picture of what that organisation does. Um, You've got Fujifilm not far from here down in Billingham. You've got GSK, so GlaxoSmithKline out in Barnard Castle. You've got Sterling up in Crampton, just up the A19. Um, You've got Egger up in Hexham. Um, I'm from that way. And I used to drive past that place and think, I said to my dad, oh, it's spitting out loads of clouds into the sky. And actually, when you research it, it's, it's a condenser, it's steam. People think it's pollution, and it's not. So the advice would be is just get out there, get nosy, and get interested in the places. And as well, contact them and say, look, could I have a site tour? Could I do some work experience? That's the best way to build up your knowledge. A lot of people get information from friends and family. That's great. But equally, their knowledge may be outdated. So I would suggest going straight to the source. LinkedIn website um, blog perfect you've mentioned that you look after the apprenticeship side of things um, what would you say were the top three things that would be um, certainly would appeal to the masses with regards to these programs so for me they're open to anybody of any age there's some I mean, it's a bit of a myth that it's just for people that are 16 and it's not so you could be 16 right to 100 and beyond i think i read something the other day that all this apprentice currently um, who's active, he's 76. Wow. So you really can be any age. I think the flexibility as well, um, because it's applicable to lots of different environments, and the way that, that they are delivered, it can be quite flexible. So you could be doing a block release at college, you could be doing one day a week at college, or you could be on an apprenticeship where you get a visit periodically from your assessor. So they're delivered quite flexibly. Um, and I think fitting into that career progression route as well, it really is a foot in the door at a business um, and at the end, if you're successful in your apprenticeship, there's a very good chance you'd get offered a, a permanent job. We're unique at Sterling in that our apprentices um, are including our headcount from day one, so they have a job at the end. So that's what makes us special. 
you know, not that many businesses do run their apprenticeship programs that way. So that's great. Yeah. Um, what kind of vacancies would you have within the business? Typically, every year we'll take apprentices in engineering, manufacturing, and laboratories. Um, but we do also have some of the novel ones that come up, things like environmental uh, waste operative is another one. And the vacancies are on the website at stillpharmasolutions.com and click the vacancies page. Perfect. Obviously, we've been talking a little bit about some of the apprenticeship programmes that are available. Um, obviously, we've seen some that are very unique. And obviously, there is a place to go and view some of those. There is. If you're interested in seeing other wild, weird and wonderful apprenticeships, like the Ordnance Technician one, um, you can search IFATE, so that's I-F-A-T-E in Google, and click the top link. It's called the Institute for Apprenticeships. And there's some amazing things out there. I would highly recommend it. There's a prosthetics technician. So people that make false limbs, help people with that sort of stuff. You can be an undertaker. Um, you can be an abattoir worker. You can be a butcher. There's an amazing assortment out there. So it's not just manufacturing. Uh, really, if there's a job, there's likely to be an apprenticeship for it. Well, you've given us an absolute myriad of top tips today um, and also some great insight into a sector that perhaps some of our listeners are not massively familiar with. So thank you really for your time. We really appreciate you coming and having a chat with us. Um, and also, if you would like to find out about our workforce development provision here at East Durham College, do drop us an email at business at eastdurham.ac.uk. But thanks again, Brett. We really appreciate it. Thank you. That was really good. Perfect. Would you have us back? Absolutely. Anytime you like. Fantastic. You pick a topic and I'll come down and talk about it. (laughs) Lovely. And if you would like our episode of our next podcast straight to your feed, please just give us a follow. East Durham College. Business Bites. In business, for business.